Hi, you're listening or watching to the Hair Dudes Conversations podcast, episode 14. And the dudes in the house tonight are myself, Greg Clark, Mr. Duncan Kenna, Mr. Keith Owen. And we're going to talk everything from football to shows to music to books to current affairs and everything else in between. So sit back and spend some time with the Hair Dudes. Good evening, everybody out in this big old crazy world, and welcome to another episode, which is episode 14. We thought we'd get to eight, but we've got to 14. How good are we? But tonight, for the hair dudes, we've got three dudes in the house. We've got young Duncan Kenna here. We've got the very old Mr. Keith Owen, who I actually only realised tonight I had to spoop about his age to get him into this club because it was supposed to be over 50s and Keith just brought to me tonight. He's not even hit 50 yet. And he, he doesn't look a day over 49, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so good evening, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, great, great. Great. Everything's good. We're going to edge into a little bit of air golf knowledge, which wouldn't be much because a golf aficionado isn't here. He's still on the golf course. He said he'd six holes to go and he wouldn't make it tonight. We'd probably brush into a little bit of politics I know Keith is dying to get stuck into his political side. <laughs> so we're going to kick off with football. And uh, with the two lads being Everton and Crystal Palace fans, I don't know how long that's going to take, but, but Keith reckons he has something good news to tell us on the Crystal Palace front. So we we'll let Keith kick off there. Now, I've noticed there's two Crystal Palace teams at the moment. You've got one that's out in Singapore. Is it Singapore they've been playing? Yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've got those guys, half the team out doing that, and then we've got half the team that are here in the UK. So I went down to Gillingham, my local club, on Tuesday and watched them play with half the team. So we had Zaha, Benteke, uh, Ayu. But I think we had all the players that hadn't been vaxxed or have got some vaccination issues. Yeah. So... Um, it was like 12 quid to go along and watch watch the game. So my son uh, paid for us all to go and watch. And it, was a, it wasn't a bad game of football, actually. It was a, you know, it was a, it was a pre-season, so it wasn't too serious. Uh, three teams was a score, which I was surprised Palace actually won it, because I'm, I'm never the, uh, I'm not the most optimistic Palace fan. By any means, you can't be if you're Palace. Um, but I played some quite good football. The, the, the main thing for me was watching as a Palace support was, I mean, I, I said, well, I like the fact that we're, as a team, we're, we're quite a approachable, family orientated. You can go along and, and it's always a good atmosphere. There's never really any trouble. And, you know, the singing's great. It's a great, if you ever go to Palace, it's, it's a great uh, stadium to go to from the fact that the, the noise is phenomenal. They just sing the whole time. And uh, Zaha was, uh, was on pretty much, he played about 70 minutes of the game. The second half, he'd, he'd caught a few tackles. He'd done the normal Wilk thing, which is either he'd step over, step over, fall over, and then his arm, arms are in the air and he's protesting somebody's blown at him and he's fallen over. Uh, but he, there was a little bit of uh, argy-bargy over the far side of the pitch. And he'd been getting booed the whole game. It was quite funny listening to it. It was a bit like a pantomime type thing. Every time the ball went near to him, it's like, ooh, like this. Uh, and they were giving him so much grief. And I thought, after this bit of stuff that had gone over on the far side, that he'd come off the pitch and literally go straight down the tunnel and go off. But he spent 15, 20 minutes just signing autographs and photographs of all of the kids that had decided to go down, the fact that they've got all these premiership players down there. 
Uh, and he he spent so much time with the people there. So from a you know from a game perspective, it was quite good to watch because there was a few goals. Uh, but certainly as a as a supporter of a team, and especially a supporter of somebody uh, like Zaha, who does get a lot of grief in the press in regards to how he plays his game at times. And I still think, unfortunately, he's a he's a player that's good, but looks better because of the team he's in. The team make him look better than he is, uh, because they're not as good or they're a little bit under par. But he spent so much time with them, and it was just a real privilege to to watch him spending that time with all these people. I've been giving him crap the whole time he's been playing. It's probably um, it's probably the first season, Keith, that he hasn't had so much transfer. Yeah. stuff around him. Like every the last couple of seasons, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone, and the player wants to leave, and and it upsets the camp. But he obviously is decided, I'm staying here, and you have to credit Patrick Vieira for that, then, wouldn't you? I mean, he had a deep, he dipped, you know, he dipped his toes in, obviously with your boys uh, a few years ago, and it it's just I think he's missed his opportunity. If I'm honest, I think he yeah, should yeah. stay at Palace and just see it out because he'll be le- it'll be an absolute legend at Palace. He is he is already, but. I think if he sees out his career there, he'll be, you know, there'll be statues and suites and God knows what else named after him because he's, he's been a really good servant to the club. And but like I said, I, I still think that the only reason he ever gets talked about, when you look at his goal ratios, he doesn't score that many goals compared to, you know, some of the guys in your two teams that scoring 15, 20 goals a season. He, he might get up to double figures at times, but it's very, you know, it's not often. But yeah, no, no transfer news. So he might go into the season a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more focused. And again, the rest of the team sort of join. Uh, he's like a pivotal point for the team. So if he's focused and happy, I think the rest of the team may well feel that as well. And Vieira has got to be happy with it. How, how much of a, a blow will it be that you, your man's come back to Chelsea? Yeah, he's gone back. I, I, I mean, you never know with transfers. It, it, there may well be a last-minute bid, possibly. And you just don't know. I mean, it'd be great to keep him because it just means that from Zaha's perspective, there's not so much emphasis on him doing all the work. And, and we've got a few other players now that have, uh, that young that young Irish lad, young Irish lad made a, a debut down there against it for Palace. Yeah. So where yeah. are you, Duncan, with Everton? And um, how, how did you get on that game in America last weekend? It was a four nil. Is one? Now you lost four nil. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, after that, then we beat uh, Blackpool 5-2. Um, 2 nil up at only about 30 minutes or something, or less than that. And, uh, but we seem to play decent enough. Uh, we got that guy from, uh, I can't pronounce his name, I can't even think of his name, but uh, from Burnley. Uh, and he's playing great stuff. And he's passing the ball fantastic up to... Who's ever up there and in, in both in Blackpool's game, it was uh, Rondon. So and Rondon actually played quite well as well, you know. They were they were impressive, like, you know, and that's that guy that we got on loan. It's the only transfer that we've made. Um he's really, really good. We got him on loan. Uh, and there's talk maybe at the moment of we're trying to get um this fella called Cornetto or whatever his name is from Bournemouth as well. <laughs> I really hope that's his name. Is there just one of them? Is there just one of them or has he got a brother? It's just one of them. That's that's what I I said when I heard that today. Just one gone there, though. I can see it when he scores. Well, that's going to be a great chance, though, isn't it? That'd be a great chance for the football. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It would be, wouldn't it? But it's probably probably mispronouncing it. He's got a 17... 
70 million flaws on his contract. And apparently the funds are fairly sure tight. Sure, are you sure he's not 99? <laughs> no, Greg. But no, so he's meant to be very good and he's 70 million to break his contract. Um, apparently we're a bit short of funds, which I didn't think we were, but we're short of funds now. The, the, the stadium itself is flying along. Um, so I don't know. We lost that guy that we got from the the, the Russian fella that had all the he, he was the billionaire, multi billionaire, and um, he he uh, he came in from Arsenal, but everything with him was I think frozen, you know. So uh, he uh, we don't really have that money. So we have Mo Shari, like you know. So he's a, he's already injected a serious amount of money into the club. 500 on, on players alone and talking about doing another 500 on players and then the stadium 500 million, you know, so uh, serious money altogether so look, I don't know where we're at I don't think any of the fans are happy I don't think Frank is happy um, I'll get the feeling I'll go to the first game of the season against Spurs, or against uh, Chelsea, it's a half hour kickoff and I'll just go over and back the same day Back to the back to the Crystal Palace thing. If you ever get a chance to go and see a game in Crystal Palace, along with the, having the nicest boys in the Premiership, they're serious fans. They never stop from the start to the finish. Well, Palace is a great team, great team to follow as well. Yeah, now, where I wouldn't be for the, the the big lads. And just on the point of that too, I was listening to I was listening to Talk Sport the other day, and your man called it out very quick on the. The top people that were going to win the league, he just went straight to it really quick, and it was a uh, City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal, somebody else I think he said, and Manchester United. So he doesn't he doesn't think Manchester United is going to be up there at all now. You know, he's not in a bad way. He just thinks it's going to take a couple of seasons, but because he still has much the same team, he still has uh, uh, Maguire. But they do need to get rid of Maguire. I think, Do you know. No, I think he's given, if you look, I was listening to the podcast I listened to today, the United people, and he was saying winners and losers from the trip to Australia, you know, for United. And mm. Dallow, they, they put down as being one of the, the best. And that was a fellow we, we put out on loan for the season and then we brought him back and then he was up and down, in and out. And they'd bought tellers and all since then. And he, Dallow, they reckon Dallow has that position nailed down. He, he done more than enough in Australia to to get that position. Plus the new mm-hmm. lad is coming in. Tell as they reckon, sell him. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Linderoff, sell him. Yeah. The confusing one is, Bailey played brilliantly in a couple of the games down there. And your boy, or whatever way you pronounce it, I call it Bailey. But mm-hmm. he's, he's that when he's on fire, he's great. Uh, but mm-hmm. he can make some serious mistakes. And usually in big games, yeah. and he gets a little bit injury prone at time. Maguire, I think Maguire will learn that Maguire will either have to fit into that system, and he'll be given the opportunity to fit in. And if he fits into it, he'll grant. If not, they'll they'll bring him in like that. Martinez now, they reckon he could play as a defensive midfielder. So if they're looking mm-hmm. for cover there, and amazingly, they said the two winners were uh, Robbie Savage's young lad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. put in a great performance. He actually said, um, the, other, the other lad, Mohammed Iqbal, I think his name is, two, the two of them are two that came through the FA Cup winning youth team. He said their performances for the time they got to play 
outshone mm. McTominay. You know what I mean? So like yeah. kind of coming back and going, well, McTominay didn't do himself any favors down there, and these but these two lads did. So all of a sudden now yeah. you've got Fred seems to be slotting into his role and what he wants him to do. If you've got if we get Frankie De Jong in, you know, like I just feel we don't know what way Man City's going to gel with Haaland. You don't know. Haaland's a great player, mm-hmm. but will it fit into the Pep system and the Pep way of playing? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Your man scored four for Liverpool, and I know it's all the Liverpool fans were jumping on social media to say, wow, look, he's got, as I pointed out to Mark, I, I was celebrating victories in pre-season friendlies because <laughs> there's the one reason I put nothing on social media about us beating them down in Australia because I knew we would be hammered and so that's a pre-season friendly as Mark said we put our tour team out against you I, I, I obviously didn't look at the lineup that was there uh, the last 15-20 minutes because it was everybody Salah the whole lot he chucked everybody on and he still lost four now they didn't even score so you know this season is going to, I think this could be the season for a Leicester job to happen because really? of the way the world, because of the way the World I Cup is set up, the way the, <laughs> so your season is stopping in December for November December, and then it's to kick straight back in again on Boxing Day. So what players? Mm-hmm. It depends on your strength and depth and squad, and you get a couple of injuries. And like with us, you were just saying that you know is Ronaldo win or out? Well, we'll said well tomorrow will probably be the proof because tomorrow they turn up for training and mm-hmm. it's the first official back. So if he's there. He's in. If he's not there, he hasn't actually spoke to Ten Hag. So basically, yeah. it's very disrespectful. And I think mm-hmm. the club is undermining the new manager if you start to preferentiate Ronaldo over him. So I think you have to make mm-hmm. the decision. The club can say he's not for sale. But if the fella doesn't want to play there, let him go. He isn't going to Barcelona. He isn't going to Real Madrid. He isn't going to Bayern Munich. Where is he going? Atletico Madrid, they reckon. Mm. They hate the man. They detest him. He's every, it's, it's like Mohamed Salah coming to play for Man United. You know, a man mm. city. you detested coming to play. Do you think he goes to the States then? Do you think he goes to America? Well, he said, well, then that defeats what he said, is that he, he still feel, you know, he's leaving United because he didn't make the Champions League. Mm. So where is he going to play in a league that's not as good? Now, the argument was the American League is really good. And it must be because they beat Everton 4 0, one of them American teams last Friday. You want to edit that too, yeah? Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> You're losing don't a great friendship. I don't know whether Leeds have bought anybody. I'm sure Paul would tell us, but I don't hear. We're going to tell you something, Greg. You're losing a great friendship here, and you don't have a lot of friends. I don't know how <laughs> the hell yourself and Mark McCauley stay friends because they're always at one another. We're, that's how the best of friendships are. Yeah, yeah, that's the best yeah. when you can <laughs> and you can take the make out each other and not take it seriously. That's when you know yeah. you've got a good friend. So when you're not, yeah, see, Mark, I'm throwing out the love to you here, and you're not even here if you bother to listen to it. I don't know whether he does. Well, I tell you, look, <laughs> on, on the Everton thing, I'd be, I, and I'm not normally like this, but I'd be seriously worried. Seriously worried. Well, when your manager comes out though and says we, we could be seriously in a relegation battle if we don't do something mm-hmm. about it. These players have to step up, or we need to buy mm. more players. Now, yeah. as you were saying there that last Saturday morning, that's not what you want to hear as a fan coming into the no. start of the season. No. Even well, if is. Uh, it was uh, Neil Warnock was on it there on Monday, and he was saying, even even if you're thinking it, he says you yeah. don't 
the people behind the scenes. You don't come out and publicly make that statement. It's not for the manager to say that, like, you know, it's, no, it's not, you know. It's not he's, tri- he's right, he's right in what he's saying. Like, I mean, it's right, a right. Yeah, but I'm sure the club know. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like United have invested so much in Ten Hag now. It's, mm. it's down to, do we, do, we, do we worry about the fella who, yeah, last year he was brilliant, back to whack the goals in for us and we'd have had a half a decent team around him, we would have probably won something, but we didn't, you know, but coming in, he's, he's 38 nearly, so can you, the upset, he's not the future of Manchester United, as you always said, Duncan, great line mm. you said to me, that fella has a great career behind him. Mm. That was a great line of yours when somebody had yeah. hit their peak. And, and I'd say Ronaldo knows, but he might be, Ronaldo might be a bit upset the fact that there isn't loads of people queuing up to take him on. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. And it was strange. Seemingly, during the Aston Villa game, he tweeted a picture of himself training in the gym. So mm. he wasn't like, basically say, look at me, keep me fit and get me body in shape. I'm not even bothered watching this game, you know? So it's a bit yeah. it's, it's sad if it ends up a sad end to somebody whose yeah. comeback was supposed to be great. But they always say coming back is never a great thing. So I think are we up on football or we'll carry on into the ladies' Euros because by the time yeah. this goes out, hopefully all our transfer worries will be gone. And hopefully we will have seen a brilliant, one of the best Euro female or women's Euro finals that we've ever seen. Because I don't think most of us would have ever really watched that much. And I have to admit, I've really enjoyed every game that I've watched. They haven't been free mm. scoring. If they've been free scoring, it was England's game where you're playing teams that it's a bit like playing San Marino, isn't it? You know what I mean? You're not going to, you're going to rattle the goals. If it doesn't give a true reflection. Whereas to me, I felt, you know, the other night where they played, it was like the classic line, wasn't it? The sign of a good team is when they play bad and they still win. They win, yeah. And how did you, how did you feel they played against Spain? Watch it. There you go. That'll tell you. That tells you a lot, doesn't it? And I did. I did. And I thought Spain could have been a few goals up, but they weren't in it. And then England got back in. And in fairness, the crowd was like the twelfth man, like the cheering and the whole lot. And then when that girl broke free, it was a point driver of a shot, a rocket of a shot yeah. that deserved to win any big match. And that's why I looked at me. Yeah. I can't see. Now I watched purposely watched Sweden playing the other night. And I went, I can't see them beating England. You know, I really can't. And then I watched Germany playing earlier in the tournament and I thought, geez, they're a tough team. They're, they're, they're what you expect the Germans. And I only mm. watched the French fully in their match. And I was, I, I really, the skill level of some of the players in the French team. You know, little, as you were saying, Louis Saha style, <laughs> step overs and backflips. They just, you can't say they didn't put the ball in there. Should he, you know, there was a ball gone blatantly in and they had a, the, the Belgians had a player in the line and it just hit off and came off. And the keeper pulled off a couple of great saves. There was just, wasn't to be. And then they gave away a, pen, a penalty to Belgians and you'd say, oh, it must be very hard on them to, to give that up, you know, to go out now. And I kind of went, probably not. They actually probably should have been two or three down at that stage. And it would be an injustice if the French hadn't gone through because they were by the far the most entertaining team. So definitely, I would love it to be England-France. Who wins? I really don't care. It's long. It's a bit like the Champions League final. If I'm not in it, I could like, like this one coming up there, Real Madrid, 
and Liverpool. Probably the two teams I hated the most when it came to United. Going for trophies, it was that. As long as we beat Liverpool or Real Madrid, I don't care. You know, so with the end of the both of them in the final, I didn't care which of them won it, as long as, you know, it was a good game. So as long as it's mm. a great final, I don't care really, you know what I mean? But I think it's I think it's only yeah. going to get better. I think it's great for young kids, young girls out there that well, think about there's a career in it. You know what I mean? Well, Greg, money in it. Greg, I think um uh, of what I've seen of, of all of the football so far, and I didn't see it, I didn't see it all. I thought England were fairly together. I thought they were they worked hard for one another. And okay, they might have been as good as Spain, but when the opportunity arose, they took the goal and 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 they won it. And and I just think they're together. I think they work hard. Passing the ball is un, unreal. I think to myself, the hell if Everton could just do that, just pass the fucking ball frontways, even sideways at this stage. But not to be hitting it back all the time. You but look I at, think if they just care, 60, 70 feet passes, cross field passes, that. Yeah. If that was Trent Alexander Arnold, we all go, wow, Jesus, look at that pass that he picked him out. Yeah. You know, I thought they were great. I, I, I have to say now, I thought they were great and I'd actually like to see them win. And, you know, we haven't seen football because we're seeing more of women everywhere. Right? We're seeing it on the uh, Sky Sports and everything like that. <clears throat> so, I mean, even the ad, the L'Oreal ad, no, not L'Oreal, um, uh, Pantene ad uh, has a, a, a blind girl on it. Do you know that they were the long, coppery red hair and that like that? But I mean, they, they have to include everybody in it. So we're getting to see it because it's a few years now that we've been looking at the salt, uh, the, the girls playing the golf, which is fantastic as well. They're amazing golfers, you know. So no, I I think I'd sit there. Sometimes it's it's better to watch the women than the men. I watch the women in the tennis probably, you know, more so than the men. I watch the final of the men, like you know, but uh, but no, I do. I I I like England. I like I certainly like them. I thought they worked together as a team. I thought they were very good. I thought I think if we if we did a bit more of that, we'd be up there. You could learn a lot from them. Yeah, for me, it's mainly because uh, I think we need to still need more uh, coverage of the women's football going on. It's still not front page news. It's still somewhere down the line in the sports reports and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I, I feel terrible because you guys have watched loads of it. I've, I must admit, I've not watched any of it. I watched, if we get to the final, I'll watch the final. But if it's a, uh, the men's game, I'm, I'm watching it right from the start all the way through. And we really need, I think, as a as a, a country to get behind. I don't know how we do it. I think that's the, the challenge with it. But it's trying to get to a point where and my youngest daughter plays uh, uh, women's football as well. So I know it's um, the skill level tends to be here. The physicality tends to be not quite the same. But certainly, I think it's getting more physical and the game's getting more attractive to watch. Like you guys have said, you, you know, you've mentioned quite a few bits about the game. I just wish we could get behind it a little bit more like we do with uh, with other sporting occasions, with men that are, that are playing sports. It's a, it's a huge bit of you know, high press, but unfortunately for the women still, especially from, a, you know, from where I am in the UK, or England, it's not talked about as much as it should be. And I feel it really needs, because it, it sounds like it's brilliant, but for some reason it's still not getting that, that, that coverage that it, that it needs definitely yeah that's just my perspective on it you know so yeah, I think it needs more just, just on that Keith um uh we probably were watching it because 
couple of reasons. One was we watched a little bit and said, this is good. Plus we were missing our own football. So mm. it was great. It was great to see it again. And one of the games was 68,000 of it. And it was great to see women, dads and the kids at it mm. and enjoying the whole thing. Like, you know, it's actually, it was a combination of all them things. Plus the football was bloody decent. Mm. You know, it was just decent as well. Like, you know, I, I certainly enjoyed it. I certainly will. I'll follow it now. I normally jump in at five. It's a bit like yourself. I don't watch, I certainly don't watch this, the, the match from start to finish. I find it hard. There was a time, Keith, when I wouldn't leave the house if Liverpool were playing Newcastle. Because back in the day, they were good games kind of thing. Now, I, I could take it or leave it. I just will not leave if Everton are playing. I don't care who Everton are playing, I'm watching it. Do you know, and that's just... That's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to believe game. it. I, I fly out on holidays, literally on the kickoff of United's first game of the season. And who are you playing to? We're playing Brighton. I know. Brighton, yeah. Sunday yeah. afternoon. The early, I think with the yeah. early kickoff, they're kind of going, typical, isn't it? You get to miss the first Well, I'm game. only going to this game. I'm hoping I'm landed to here. United won four now. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because we. But I'm only going to this game. how bad we were beat. By Brighton in the last game of the, That's season, right, the end of the season, so it will be a good test, you know. But just yeah. I want to touch on something that Keith, I did try and give Mr. Dawson an education into what is GAA, what Gaelic football and hurling is. And we just had the hurling final, and yesterday, this is how good it like there was 80 odd thousand at that match yesterday, the final of the football. It was Kerry who haven't won in eight years, but used to be like United and Liverpool used to rock up and win it for fun, but they hadn't won it and lost very closely against Dublin, their biggest rivals, very closely against um, uh, Armagh, I think it was the last year, Tyrone, you know, the Northern rivals. And yesterday they were playing Galway and I missed the first half and I tuned in thinking, this has got to be one of the most one-sided finals. And Galway were up a point. A half time, they were in the lead, and then mm. in the and they were going hell to hell, help a letter at it till it got to the last 10 minutes. And That's they flopped a couple of wides, and Kerry mm. didn't miss theirs, you know what I mean? They just yeah. put them in, put them in, and he ended up winning three or four points, which was heartbreaking for the Galway yeah. players because mm. they were in it. But you have to look and say, the class showed up really. They 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 have the yeah. winning mentality, they know the winner, it's just when. Kerry, part of the reason Kerry haven't won for eight years is that probably the greatest, and it's a Kerry man that actually gave them the title, the greatest Dublin football team of all time existed in the last 10 years. <laughs> and it was like every time Dublin substituted a player, a player come on of equal stature. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like they had every, other than their goalkeeper, who was a bit like James Milner, looked like he was going to be playing till he was 70. You know what I mean? Cluxton. And he was just missed that consistency. And even I'd say would still be playing if he only made decision not to. Like, remember, he won one All-Ireland final against Kerry. There was a free from about 60 yards out. And if you put it over the bar, it's a point, right? And there was only a point in the difference in the game. They were, it, was the, it was square, all square. This mm. free kick was going to be the last kick of the ball. He's kicking it from inside. And he's Luxon. pulling it up and the keeper steps up. I'll take that. Because the goalkeepers are used to the long kickouts. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And whoosh, 
straight over the bar, whistle, yeah. game over. And this yeah. year, Dame Kerry knocked Dublin out by their, yeah. uh, it wasn't a goalkeeper, he, he was shaping to get up, but I think the other fella said, get back in your box there, I'm taking this, I'm rattling But it wasn't Tuxin, Tuxin was retired then, was he? Yeah, no, but it was a the Kerry beat Dublin this year by a point, literally with the last And Tuxin wasn't in goal. No, he wasn't he's gone. Gone. no, he retired. I think he decided yeah. I better give somebody else a chance now. Yeah. <laughs> His reserve keeper, he probably seen two reserve keepers into retirement at that stage and he was still playing. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. It was a no, very strange result. What did you make of Arsenal beating Chelsea 4-0? I know it's only pre-season, but now you look mm. listen to all these experts, and we're, we're not experts, we're just mm. a gang of helpless having a shot about football. Well, the hold on, uh, uh, would have been, he's not now for it. They would have been going, uh, I'd say it being City, Liverpool, probably Spurs, Chelsea, uh, maybe Arsenal, you know, you know, after that. And you're kind of going, well, they know, they know. Then they, yeah. There's no way they would have thought Chelsea were going to lose 4 against Arsenal. But I was, I was Arsenal are being tipped to come towards. So these, these experts know, they know, they know nothing. No, no more than we, they were, talking, they were talking about it on Talk Sport this morning. Yeah, Ali McCoy was saying that, um, yeah, you, you can't really read too much into pre season. Obviously, it's better to get a win, but you know, it's, by the time you actually start, you know, and you're getting properly into the games, it's it's just a kickabout, and it really is. <laughs> it's more of a fitness thing, I think, for the players than a than a. Of course, if you're whenever you're playing any sport and you're a sportsman, you want to win. So there's always going to be that thing that you you're beating them. But I don't know. I don't think you can read too much into it, especially because Man U but beat Palace. I tell you one thing. I tell you one thing. Stephen Gerrard in the United, and I didn't see all the United game because I was working. You know the way we have to work on Saturdays. Those hairdressers, uh, mm. Duncan doesn't know that he's retired. But um, yeah. I watched the highlights of it, but the point that they were making on the United People's podcast is that Shaw and Linderoff were leggy and the weather was so bad. Did you see the rain that was coming down? The pitch was in bits. The rain was like torrential. You know what I mean? And it looks, Linderoff doesn't have the pace. Shaw was a bit leggy and brought on a young lad, like a whippy, within that, a single individual goal, bump, bump, goal. Made like he, he changed the whole game, and he said people were saying, "Why didn't Ten Hag change that when he seen it?" And, he, and your mom was saying, "Part part of it is he has to see the players as they are. He's given them the chance. But if, mm-hmm. if that had been the Premier League, you were saying if that had been the Premier League, he would have spotted that and said, whip him up. We need somebody. This young know, just brown has a lot of pace. I need somebody with pace. And that's what I think. I think, United. I think, I think United it's a wing- a lot of young players. You know, I think it's a window for those players that are on the on the peripheral to get their opportunity to play and to show the manager, look, you need to take a look at me because I'm, I'm, I'm doing some good work here and I'm, I'm showing you how good I am. So I think from that perspective, from a player's perspective, I think they may well see that as an opportunity to show the manager, yeah, I should be in this team. Um, but I think it's all the same. When you say that Crystal Palace nearly left the team of senior pros behind, Mm. How many, who the players are that haven't been vaccinated and who the ones are? Because <laughs> the whole United squad, as far as I knew, were down there, other than Ronaldo. The whole of Liverpool seemed to be down there in Australia. You know what I mean? 
And yeah, Crystal Palace left after Crystal team. Crystal Palace were in Gillingham. <laughs> from were in Gillingham. Huh? Yeah, you've got to go. But I'm sure it is great for, for like, Patrick Vieira has had a season there, so it's not like Ten Hag where he's coming in and having to look at all the players and find out who who's his players, who's his best in that position. He's had that, but having all them and leaving, he's not upsetting the senior players, leaving them out of the team when he brings them down. He gets to blood the younger lads and have a good look at them because he's probably looking at it and said, he's kind of, he, he doesn't show me that young players in. He doesn't show me that we young had, we, we had about five, um, five youth players came on. So they, they changed it all up. And they, they, these young lads, are not, I don't know who any of them are, but they certainly had their opportunity to go out. And of course, Vieira's out, you know, he's not in the country, but whoever was there is going to report back to them and tell them how well they did. So yeah, there's, it was great to see so many youngsters there getting that opportunity, which they might, that might, might not have got if they'd all gone together. That's the thing. So I was watching a clip of Ten Hag taking a training session and the mics were on, obviously. <laughs> and one of the young lads obviously didn't do, you didn't see because he's looking at Ten Hag. And went, That's shit. <laughs> <laughs> and you're quite, and you're very gone. You're not going to get away much with him, huh? You know what I mean? You do like the drills, the same thing I say to you, you know, your drills now, everything they're doing is, you know, it's so like you can see it in the players now coming on the pitch that the systems, they're developing a way of playing that they haven't had for the last three or four seasons. So I'm, I'm excited. All I want is that when we do get to play the big lads, as in City, we don't get thumped the way we did last year. And if we're beaten, it's a, it's a random goal one here or a late goal or we could have been in it but when we do play the Brightons and all them we put them to bed the way the top guys were because that was the sad thing for United last year it wasn't losing to Liverpool it was the fact that everybody felt they could beat United <laughs> everybody nobody went in and said let's go on the defensive from now everybody said I just attacked them they're shite <laughs> just everybody went forward <laughs> and just start playing their own game you know what I mean and they'll just keep going everybody else you know, tell me this way: when yeah. when you go down, when when you know you go down to play uh, down to Salhouse Park to play Crystal Palace, will you be singing? Don't you wish your players were vaccinated? That was your video. No, because they don't go outside. They don't go outside of Europe, so they're all right. And then are in the is that in the Europa League? Right? They're only playing all the games. Oh in, no, we're not playing right. But no, I'll keep that for you. <laughs> I'll try to get that going, Actually, we probably, maybe we should target that match. Then Everton are playing Crystal Palace. We should go to that game. We have to I look that up for us this week. Yeah. I've got a membership this year. So if I can get some tickets, I'll see if I can sort out some tickets. Don't can get tickets in the away end because nobody travels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they will. I'll tell you what I do want to talk about because when he came on the same force, I thought, Who's this muppet? And do, not not being a big lover of the sport, uh, uh, mixed martial arts, MA, MA, whatever it is, we have air big mouth Conor McGregor. You, you know, for all what he's done, you know, you kind of go, Jesus, is that the representation we want? But then you've got Paddy the Baddy. Paddy the Baddy. Paddy the Baddy became Paddy the Goody the weekend. Did you see where he yeah. only came out? About Who are you He's, you'll have to watch him, Duncan, look him up on his, his quality because he comes out with some shite, right? And he's just a big mouth scouser. 
right? That but backs it up because he does what he does in the so he's like Conor McGregor, but with a scout Saxon. Scout. You know? And and probably will eventually develop the love of the bling and all that, like Connor does, you know. But yeah. one of his friends, five hours before he was due that there was his way in and lose a few pounds, he found out would commit suicide, you know. And uh, he said, you know, he said I was shocked, and he said, like, what did they do? He tried to try and keep me focused. My army friends are in bits and all that, and I just thought, I'll go out. I'm going to win this for him. I'm going to win him. But when your man took it, he, he actually done what we all keep saying, and we've done it here several times, is that men need to know when they need help. And it's okay not to be okay. And and at the end of his fight, he actually done it in the middle of the ring with Towson saying, it's, it's okay for lads to talk. It's okay. There's a stigma about letting your guard down. Don't want to be Mr. Macho and, uh, Macho and talking. And that was great. Like, he's done yeah. more. Because he's he's electric now. He's on fire. He's got that captive audience. The Americans will love him. Love him. Yeah. He does this mm-hmm. thing now of eating a big kebab after his fight while, being, while he's being interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> and he was doing a force on ice and he was doing it with mouthfuls of food and stuff coming out. All oh, right, all right. Oh, yeah. Knock the shades out of him. Oh, hang on. I'm going to cut my tooth. Right. So to, to get over that, there's a girl over there now who's now who actually claims to be a cousin of Katie Taylor's. How good is that? But she's yeah, yeah, yeah. the top dog of the women's MMA, MMA yeah. and she yeah. won her fight. But she came in before Paddy the Baddy's press conference. Yeah. drinking half a day. I'm doing my best to finish this off. And she had a bottle of whiskey about this size. And she was at the neck and half the thing. And Paddy is there. He's sitting down to his big giant German kebab, right? In the bread. <laughs> And look at him, he hasn't even come up for there, have you? Haven't even come up for there. I'll just fill in because the last time I never got a word in. Paddy got all the words in. So, Paddy, you just keep quiet, let me talk because you didn't think I could. And she went that, and I went, These two are priceless. I'm sure. Keith, he's on for it tonight, isn't he? Bring it on. The promotion people will be. Where's his pole, man? Bring it on. And I just thought, you know, Paddy the Baddy became Paddy the Goodie. Your woman with the bottle of whiskey was entertaining, and you just go, Jeez, I might actually start watching them fight now. Come here, Greg. Can I say something? Can I say something? Yeah. If if me and if me and um uh, Keith didn't show up tonight, would you still went to heaven on your own? You would have, wouldn't you? Yeah, he would have done it on his own. Yeah, he would have just yeah. done it on his own. I would, I would have pre-recorded myself in a different short. Actually, you know, you should do that sometime <laughs> because it would be very good. It's the, be very the Greg Clark one-man show. I'd, I'd look, I'd be like that praying that, oh, Jesus, just let one of them show up, will you? For God's yeah. sake, let one of them show up. I can't be talking to myself. What would I do in that situation? It'd probably last 10 minutes and everybody would go. Next one up, lads, is let's briefly look at across the water where Keith is and mm. the man of the people looks like he's going to take over the Tory party man Richie Sunash huh? the man who would understand everybody who's oh. finding it hard to pay their bills he'd understand why you have to sit for hours and wait for the train driver to show up because he doesn't feel he's been paid enough, he'd understand all that you know what I mean, because mm. the odd time he probably takes his head up from counting his money <laughs> and then he just hands it to his missus to keep counting it because she yeah, oh, she, no, she'll invest. Where it. do we she'll go? Like it. it's just comedy after comedy. Like I, when 
Sean put up the video of Boris saying goodbye. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was laughing. Then I looked and I went, the sad part is they all were harumping him and cheering him. I don't think Churchill got that much of a cheer when he, he knocked the shit out of the Germans and ended World War II. He voted them out in the next election. And there's this gobshoy there. As the, the baby. And all word. the other Muppets around him going, Aah! and I'm going, Jesus, it's sad, isn't it? That's one gone. How do you get rid of the other 25? But that's the trouble. That's the trouble with it. I think that, I mean, I'm not a massive political person. You've got to, have a, you've got to listen to it a little bit. But um, he's, yeah, Boris is always a buffoon in my uh, opinion. He's just a, it's just, it's, he's just, I don't know, he's almost like he, he, he was put in the position. He's like, okay, off you go. And off he sort of went and bumbled his way through whatever he was doing. Um, Sunak, that's uh, not good. I think, you know, it's typical, you know, uh, person who's got a lot of money that's squirreling money away, but's telling everybody else to save money and pay their taxes, but they're, they're always trying to look for ways out. Um, and I think, unfortunately, with if you're left or right in somewhere in the middle, uh, they're all as bad as each other. So you've got to find that the best piece of shite out of all the shite that, that's there. And, I, you know, I think that's the thing with it. You've got previous governments dealing with other gov other governments have done and as soon as one government goes out they're then putting all their things in place but by that time it's all getting into it's all starting to be the way they want it to be there's just another change of government all the time so i think the only view i've really got on uh, politics in the uk is certainly i think things like uh, nhs uh, teaching shouldn't be touched it shouldn't be something that the, the government one government says they can do this out of the other words i think there needs to be ring fenced or whatever so that it's not used as a political pawn because it's you know it's people's lives you're dealing with and you know they need to agree between them that you know that's something that we we're going to put x amount of money in. i don't i don't know how they go about that but i think that needs to be ring fenced but the rest of it it's just i think unfortunately there's too much middle ground at the moment in politics with regards to you've got People wanting to please everybody, so the, the right is not as right as it as it once mm. was. The left isn't as you know left as it once was. Everyone's sort of a bit left and a bit right, but mainly in the middle somewhere. And nobody really comes up with a uh, a convincing argument of how they can do it another way. So I, I, I don't know. Sunak, I don't think is the right person. Um, isn't it funny but, that though when you to that. I kind of feel that here in Ireland, air, air political, it's it, everything, we're very middle. Everything's very middle now. Mm. Safe. We, so there's no the extremes of each side there, but we're very, we're a little bit safe. But then they look across to the Americans and you've got to go, Jesus Christ, they just seem to be going forward and forward apart. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they really, like I looked and said, could, could you see a revolution there? Could you see... Should America, should the USA be split in two now? But then you'd kind of go, who takes the nukes? Who want, who takes yeah. the oil fields in Texas? Well, we want, we'll have that. And who takes them up? In the, well, probably the staunch Republican areas of America, probably Texas and Alaska. Where is all the oil in America? Texas and Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they'd probably be happy and say, well, okay, we'll have the Republic of the United States and let everybody vote. And uh, okay, you can have your Hollywood and you can have New York, but you start getting the fucking rest of it because that's where we have where the money is, you know. Yeah, it's so difficult. It's, I mean, it's, again, it's, 
anything, anything extreme left or right, it's always going to be offending, violence. There's always going to be some sort of, uh, you know, you're alienating you, a whole lot you, of people. So. You said there, Keith, and he said it on the new, the, there on the news bulletin earlier I was listening to, that the NHS has never had in, in its existence the staffing crisis that it's facing at the moment. Don't pay, they don't that's, pay enough money. I mean, we, we, every working class person in the United Kingdom, because they don't have private health care. They yeah. rely on the NHS. So are the, that, is Richie Stunash and that, that Tory party going to resolve that issue with the NHS when they don't, they don't buy into it? They don't probably don't use it. They probably... Well, actually, maybe Richie does because he tried to dodge his taxes for long enough. He's probably looking for a free doctor's well, advice. Well, I, I, worked, <laughs> I worked in the NHS whilst COVID was going. I was driving doctors around. So I picked up a job because I didn't want to not do anything. Uh, so I was doing all the out-of-hours doctors bit. So I'd be working sort of from midnight till 6, 7 in the morning. And it'd be whereby you'd bring up over here, it'd be 111, and then they'd put you through to a, a caller and they'd say, OK, you need to speak the on-call doctor. And then I'd drive the doctor out. So I'd have a doctor's car with lights and drugs and stuff in the back that you'd take them out. And the, the challenge you found working within the NHS, I found, I know it was only like, probably for about a year doing shifts as and when I could, was it was the privatisation of it, I found, because each area was very, very um, protected of, well, this is ours and we don't deal with that because that's theirs and we're only employed to do this and so we do this. It was very much compartmentalised to... to you know, we're employed to do this one particular job. Even if it meant taking somebody to the, they come through the wrong door and yeah, yeah. It, it, they wouldn't go and take him to the other place. And it, I was like, but surely we're in all this together. And I think the, the challenge you're going to get, yeah, cost cutting, cost cutting means that if you privatise it, you've got the opportunity to um, hopefully make some savings. That's what they're thinking. But the, the challenge with that is you're getting lots of individual companies working within one big organisation and they're all out for themselves. So, and that's where it lets itself down. They're not sort of um, helping each other out. So, you know, it's like a lot of things that have been privatised, uh, railways and stuff like that. They've all got, you know, it's plus and minuses where everything. Yes, competition comes in, so hopefully prices come down, but that's not always the case. Um, so it's run under a government perspective. I, I, I honestly would lo I'd love to see a general election in the UK because that's what I honestly feel it needs to clear the water. To get, I think the whole Brexit thing kind of messed everybody's head up and people kind of, a lot of people felt, Jesus, if I'd, if I'd known it was going, I probably wouldn't have voted. Well, to me, is you know, give give the others a shot. Be a bit like here. I think you get a hung parliament. Sinn Féin are getting in in the next election, like your Olympic. They're getting in the next election, but they won't get in on their own. They will be in with somebody. And I don't know. Maybe they will do a better job. I don't know. But you have to give them a chance. You know what I mean? And see yeah, what happens. I, I think it. Yeah. I think it'd be a hung parliament. I think if it got to something like that, I don't think there's going to be enough votes. And if there are enough votes, I think it would purely be people just doing it just to get. The conservatives out was not necessarily thinking about the, the the you know the policies and stuff like that. Again, I'm talking about stuff I really don't know anything. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, and I'm saying, I'm look, none of us perceived to be experts or anything. All we're giving you is the normal dude's opinion, which is the yeah, yeah. it's the person that's generally affected most by it. I, I think. What about uh, you, Duncan? Think, what do you think? I tell you what, I think. I think. Um, I think Boris was nice. He was a nice mayor. You know, they made him the mayor of London. That's nice. But to run the country, I just thought it was crazy. And then 
they wanted Brexit. Oh, well, then I'll do that. I'll give you Brexit and that. And that's what he'd be known for. Jesus, anybody I ever spoke to in England thought the worst fucking thing ever was to do it. Now, I couldn't understand because they were giving them something like 15 million or a million a week they, or a month or something like that, paying into, um, into the coffers of Germany and France kind of thing. You know, and a lot of money to be given out. And I can understand England not wanting to do that. I mean, if it wasn't for Churchill, we'd all be speaking German. Do you know what I mean? So he had the balls to fight that all, over there. And I'd actually think, and I, I wouldn't be alone on this, I wouldn't think, I think England is a great neighbour to have. And it's because of stuff like that. You know, now, the other things that I'm not mad about England is they're not the strong nation that they were. Like they only have 75,000 in, in the army or something like that. So they're, they're, they're not strong with that anymore. And that's a bit scary that if this ever happened again, which is not likely to happen really between Germany and that, I don't think. But, you know, like even with the Russians and things like that, we don't have, we can say, yeah, we have the Americans. We used to say, yeah, we have the Americans and then England come along inside there too and both them together and we put manners on whoever it is that we're fighting with at the time. But we're we're because we're not we're not fighters. We don't have to. We'll do the dirty fighting kind of thing. We'll hide out bushes and we'll shoot people and we do a serious amount of damage and things like that. But we don't have an army. We don't have airplanes or stuff like that. Like you know. So the the thing with Boris, I did just think it was way above his way above yeah. his strength. And way above his pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I felt it was like it was like you're trying to do with everything and you give him a new toy to play with. Yeah, and when he got fed up with it, when he was got, oh, well, I didn't really like it anymore. I didn't yeah. really want. I, I, yeah, I loved it when I was, but it's old now. And he walked off yeah. to the sunset because yeah. it doesn't affect him. And he's so thick. I don't think it even affects him emotionally as to yeah. how it it, 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 it gone on yeah. to the yeah, next. He's not. the look at the way he's treating yeah. women in his life. Here's an interesting what's one, Keith. I got I just noticed as well. I'm not beating up no, we wouldn't. We've a lot of English friends but every news bulletin I listed up about the massive delays in the Dover tunnel to get in through the tunnel and the Dover tunnel this and blah 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 it's the French, it's the French's fault they didn't put enough people on they didn't put enough people on now I know the French were at fault for what happened in the European Cup final we know that now because your man's got sacked you know what I mean which I thought well okay that proved the French yeah the, the head of the police got sacked. He didn't do the job properly. But mm. but I kind of went, come on, lads, you can't keep blaming everybody else because you didn't, the, the tunnel wasn't working fully. But seemingly they were saying, there was all the people coming in from Europe and saying, what was it like coming into it? And that was great. Not a bother, we flew in. Yeah. It's proved that there's less people looking to go into England on holidays and more people looking to get out of England get to get out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're dying to get out. Well, everybody does that playing game. If there isn't a rush coming in. Surely in the height of summer, people that come from warm countries would go to England because they're not chasing the sun. They're chasing different scenery, fields, countryside. The whole lot are now they're looking and saying, the sterling, the rate of exchange, the hassle. It's like even buying stuff now, Keith, has to be affecting you. Because it's it's well, a night you don't do I mean, it, you don't do any business with people I mean, in England now because you just can't. There's money added onto everything that you're buying from the UK. You know. I mean, Dover's not too far from me. It's uh, um, it's probably 
I don't know, 40 minutes in a car. And I certainly know some of the roads that they're backing up all the lorries on where they're, uh, you know, trying to operation stack and make sure things are okay. And it, it's, it's something that's gone on for quite a while. Whether it's more than normal, whether or not the press are getting into it a little bit more, but it does happen fairly regularly. Uh, it just seems that there's a lot of talk about it at the moment. I think with holidays coming up, and again, probably with age-old thing, I mean, going away on holidays at the moment, you know, there's not enough staff there. Everyone's buggered mm-hmm. off and got other jobs because they can get better pay. They don't have to travel, all this type of stuff. So I'd imagine it is a bit trickier. But even the roads getting down to Dover, they're not the best. You know, they're not big roads. Um, so you've got um, a lot of lorries going down to one particular... And obviously people now, you know, summer holidays here in, the, in England anyway, regards to kids going away. They're, they're going down very, very you know, two-lane roads, you know, down to Dover. It's not ideal. So it's, it's going to back up pretty quick. Uh, and again, if it's a little bit slower, whether it's on the ferry or where you're going on the tunnel, it, it's going to it's going to make a difference fairly quickly. So I don't know. Yeah, I get the blame thing. It's always yeah, it's, 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 there's lots of pointing fingers and it's their fault and it's never our fault. But I just think it's it's been like that for a little while. And I just think they're choosing just to focus on it. At the we What's that? Sorry? An ice, you should have invested in an ice cream van if you lived that close. <laughs> You imagine all everybody sitting there with all the kids in the back of the car. The next minute you hear dee, 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 little little scream. Yeah, no, the player, that Cornetto player, be here, Duncan. Yeah, man, yeah, big Cornetto <laughs> fella. Whipping out the ice creams. Did you see that Peter K video? <laughs> the ice cream van. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> when he loses their head and starts throwing the ice cream out the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say there's a lot of ice cream men felt like that. Well, I tell you, the fella that wasn't when I was in the park last Wednesday and uh, bought three 99s, right? And we walked away and I left Alison to pay, tap your card there, love. And she goes, How much they were each one? She says, Well, it's a 375 each. I says, Is that there for a 99? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I never really get that. And she went, Well, you bought, you bought all the staff a 99. Last week, we said, yeah, I went in with a list. I said to the girl, there's a list of all the staff's name. And they come in and give you their name, give them a 99, will you? And I'll tell them about them all in ice cream. Because I can't walk in with 12 ice creams. They don't know when they're all free to eat them. So I just told <laughs> And she says, yeah, but it was only 25 quid, Craig. It was 250 in ice cream. Yeah, I'm charging 375. And I go, yeah, but he probably is a bit of rent to pay by being in the park. And she goes, I doubt it. But she was really upset about that. I thought I was getting stuck into people. We have a captive audience. For a short window, and it happened yeah. to be sunny that day. What when it's pissing rain, it makes nothing. So I thought fair play to the guy. Charge your wort, and on a hot day, yeah, yeah, wort it because you know what I mean. So you imagine if an ice cream van going going down the old boy there. <laughs> Everybody be out buying the ice creams. You know what I mean. Oh, his kids. Ten quid an ice cream. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Ten quid an ice cream. Yeah, and then come, then come the summer, or come the winter. Then you just change it around, put bovril on the side of it, the bovril van. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Don't don't be rubbing them bovril. They just sell a new, signed a new deal with Duncan with everything. Bovril. Yeah, the only one. Is the only one you can afford to sign a, the only to sign a contract with? <laughs> Right, let's move on, lads. Get on with I read, it. Come on. I read this book, right? Usually, our, our 
amazing Paul Stafford always will whisks up a great book and a great album and usually covers that but he's not here tonight and so we won't get to talk about whatever I'm sure he has a load of books at this stage I thought well maybe we'll do a gig show but the, the rock star isn't here tonight Mark so he's off swinging the golf club very rock starish he probably only yeah. took up yeah. golf when, when he found out that Alice Cooper played other than that I'd say Mark wouldn't have played golf you know what I mean but uh I went to see the share show, right? Oh, yeah. I remember the night we booked the tickets. I on a tip ma- a typical ticket master thing, and up came the share show. I said, Love, what are you going to see share? You you've been singing that song Believe in karaoke for decades since the kids were small. I mean, let's go along. It's maybe a good night. Ah, I don't know. But look, I'm on row C here at the moment, and it's 55 quid a ticket. If you leave it 10 minutes, I'm probably going to be on row 33 or row F or Z or whatever, and I'll be paying the same price. So are we going or not? It's Tuesday evening. We're off on a Wednesday. I'll book it. Boom. Last Tuesday, we're there. And she's bringing my mind my grandson. She's heading off. And she, you know, just gone down to visit me, mom's I went, yeah, right, right. And I went, no, you're not. Boy, I just have to remember. We're going to that share show at half seven. It's, it's half the share four. show redemption. Just dump that child off there, will you? And, and get back and get ready. It was a beautiful evening. Then we went, perfect, sat down, had a beer. Right, well, the country is fast as I used to. So I said to us, will we have a shot? Jesus, Greg, it's quarter past seven. I said, well, you're not going to fit another beer. <laughs> the show starts at half. We get a shot in. You won't be drinking during the show. We had a shot. Here we went. We went, row C. Where's row C, row C? Row C. The front row is row C. Whatever happened to A and B, A and B, you're in the row A and B if you're in the band. You're down below. So I was in the yellow. Oh, I was getting to see the band and I was getting to see the show. And I swear to God, it was well put together. Just if you wanted a good, uplifting, feel-good evening. They came out, they asked. I was delighted they told Alison not to sing, but he didn't say hard. He just said, and he would be karaoke singers there, please. Brave <laughs> from trying to sing because you'll get your chance at the end. And right at the end of the show, there's three shares for the three different periods. They're like, I reckon if you go and see the show in another year, there'll be four shares because the woman just keeps going and going. She's like a Duracell bunny at this stage, you know? But it, and the woman I was playing, she just said, okay, get your cameras out now, bitches. And we all, everybody looked, well, then you whipped out your camera and you done four or five of the up-tempo numbers. The place was absolutely hopping. Brilliant. And other than the poor lads down below, all dressed in black sweat and buckets in the band. And you kind of go, God, it's a whole lifetime away from being on stage and being down there. The other thing I was amazed to see is that years ago, when I went, I look back on stuff, as you do, because you want to know more about her life, because now I know a bit more than I used to. One I didn't know, she went there, she married this long-haired, blondie Texan fella that sang country and western, uh, Greg Altman. Mm. Never heard of the guy, you know? But seemingly he was a big star in his day, but probably in America, but we don't really get the country and western thing here unless you happen to be from Cavan or Monaghan or that direction. He <laughs> tend to do country yeah. and western over here. I don't know where it's probably where did he do country and western in, in the UK? Probably quite far north, I'd imagine. That's probably yeah. why I like it up north. Yeah, yeah. You would Garrett Brooks sell out. <laughs> yeah, big, yeah. Well, we, the Islands. The client of mine the weekend said to me. Would you not go great? I said, no, that was a time when the man was on his game. You would have enjoyed that. That's, I'd say that's a great show. Wouldn't be, wouldn't have queued up. 
said, yeah, but he's had to sell an out four nights in, in Crow Park, whatever it was. And I said, yeah, but that's all the people from Monaghan and Cavan and all them little counties like Leitrim and all. They've been saving for years for this. So they've bought them up for the four nights. They're going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They, 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 but when they were booked, they forgot to realise that it's nearly 700 quid to stay in a hotel in Dublin now for a night. So they'll probably be all busting it back up and down every day. They won't be staying. But back to the share show, it was absolutely, if you get a chance to go and see it, it was fantastic. And the other thing I looked up, one of the girls, uh, Danielle Stevens, I think her name was, she was the owner share. And her last claim to fame was playing in Bad Out of Hell, doing Meatloaf songs and I thought geez I'd say that's something else and I swear to God I'm nearly sure these things fucking record everything you see or hear but all of a sudden today I get a notification coming in October or September <laughs> and out of hell the show for the broadcast yeah, yeah. and I've got Rowdy not quite the same you know what I mean but one one row back Rowdy was about where Irene was Duncan your missus yeah. she went yeah. and she loved it didn't she well, I loved it, yeah. It could have been was, a bit of that. I wasn't impressed when she told me she was she was bringing her sister and not bringing you. Yeah, yeah. Well, once she wasn't bringing her boyfriend, I was all right with that. Then. <laughs> no, she said he had the night off. Yeah, the night off. Yeah. <laughs> Seemly. Now, you saw their shows. So I'm going to see the ABBA show, the one with the uh, holograms and stuff. So I better tell you about that a bit. Yeah. yeah. When is well, the that? It's in August I'm going to say, but the thing I like about this, lads, is we're talking about people that we've heard of, whereas Paul would be talking about some weird, elect, like weird band. I mean, Sons the last time he was on, the, the he was talking about a band, and I went on there. Yeah, I went on, found them on Spotify, and I said, "What the hell is this?" The big tune player. Yeah, you know the bad old sounds. You know what I mean? But but I, you know, so you took a chance. On the yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to say. I mean, it, it's a bit of a Waterloo there, Keith, though, you know? Oh, a bit of, yeah, a bit of Waterloo, definitely. The winner takes it all at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, the winner <laughs> does take it. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, moving on, moving on. I read a book. Fernando, my, move on, Fernando. I read a book and I thought I'd better read a book because Paul, we can't always just rely on Paul. And I read that being a mad music fan of all descriptions i know mark and paul are very specific as to what they're into i'm literally a prostitute of music in the sense that i listen to everything that appeals to me and i don't care whether other people like it or not if, it, if it's pleasurable to me here at the time i'm the mood i'm in i'm listening to it you know so i read this book musical truth the influence of black music on britain since the 1950s uh jeffrey and excuse me jeffrey if you ever listen to this if i get your name wrong your surname brown well that book Bokaki, Bokaki, which is of Ghanaian extraction, but born and bred Londoner. But he kind of takes this story from the Windrush people, which were the first West Africans, that, uh, not West, West Indians that came across. And seemingly they were all of slave origin. So really their homeland was Africa. But when they, because they were working for all the white masters or whatever, and then eventually heard from London, they were getting their independence and slavery was abolished. And you are now made a man of the Commonwealth and part of the British Empire, which meant you could travel to Britain. So every West Indian had heard so much about this great country, great United Kingdom, Great Britain, 
They couldn't wait to get there. And he starts the book telling the story of this really happy song from this guy who was one of the first, who was a bit of a star back in the West Indies. But there's nobody really coming across. But they they come all over all that distance with dreams of, you know, streets are paved with gold. And as he says himself, all they were met with was extreme racism, the worst living conditions and the shittiest jobs you could ever imagine. And he said, and at that time, it was around the time when the comedy sign was no Irish, no blacks, no dogs, you know? And he said, that's how they, there was a, a connection between the where the places where they settled, Kilburn was predominantly mm. full of <laughs> Irish. But it was just, a, you kind of forget the influence of all the ska music, the reggae music, you know what I mean? All the dance stuff, the rhythm, the happiness, the beats, like that, even to this day now, like he was going through like all the different acts, even remember musical youth. Yeah. yeah. Past the duchy. But basically brings it all the way up to Grime and to the current day. And I just thought it was a very quick, very easy book to read and, and, and actually gave you a really good, fair description of the influence of black music on Britain. I'd love to see an American version of that because I actually feel oh, yeah. without the blues and all the American influence, you wouldn't have had the Beatles. Yeah. You wouldn't have had the Rolling Stones. Right. You wouldn't You wouldn't have half them. You wouldn't have half them, you know? So great book. If you're looking, it's called The Musical Truth. Uh, Musical Truth. And it's I've kind of said the influence of black music on Britain. I think it might be worded that. I'll give you a quick look at the cover just so you know. That's it there, musical truth. Mm-hmm. Worth, worth a look, very easy, very simple, not too heavy. It doesn't get too political. The one interesting point that I asked the lads here that he mentions in the book, and I didn't believe this, but but he made me think that that question at different stages of my life did come into my head and probably was usually in the summer when, as a lad, we didn't have 20 57 channels and nothing on us. Bruce Springs, they said, we kind of two or three channels. And one of them was the BBC, and they always put fucking cricket on. They'd be on for hours, you might sit and watch. And I remember this talk coming into my head when they said the West Indies stepping up, Brian Lara playing here for the West Indies. And he hits, and he hits a six. Psh, great. And then it was silence for the next hour while I missed it. <laughs> and, and people got pissed or whatever in the background. They obviously was a reason English people love it, British people love it. I don't think the Scots really like cricket that much. Or they do, they do if you're a white fascist or something they like it but if you like the cricket back any kind of color they don't really hold it because they've been a disgrace but we leave that for another day when the lads are on to talk about that but basically what he said was that the west indies got its name from sailors got lost and found themselves in these islands but they figured that they were west of india so therefore this has to be the west indies west of india because I used to always amaze and kind of go, nobody looks like they're Indian here. It's not even near India. So where did it come from? So that's how the West Indies got its name. So there you go. A bit of useless information that came across from reading the book about the influence of black music on British society. And you find out, Jesus Christ, we read names of things were not what we dreamed them to be. Moving on. Right. The glory of Rory. Did he, did he blow that major? Because I wish Mark was here to tell me because I think Mark felt he blew it because I did drop him a message and he said to me, no, he blew it, Greg. And I just thought, you know, 
geez, it's sad this young bloke came on and we thought he was going to be the next Tiger Woods. Mm. And it looks like he's wandering in the woods, really. Because I don't think you get the send-off. If you look at the send-off that Tiger Woods got going up that 18th hole and the emotion and the, the, and you're kind of going, that's what legends get. I don't think Rory's going to be a legend of the game. A legend in his own domain. But if you say a global legend, you're thinking, mm. thinking Nick Faldo, you know, Nicholson. You know what I mean? Oh, Ballesteros. Oh, they're... they're Proper legends, not fellas. That, like like you said earlier, Duncan, I, I don't know whether he blew it or not. And I'm going, no, but them guys, at, when they were on fire, when they went out on the last day, they very seldom ever let, in other words, as good as you play, they were going to outplay and they play better. They knew what they had to do to win. And I felt that Rory doesn't seem to be able to lift this game to a certain level, but he can't lift it. If somebody's putting it up to him, doesn't seem to be able to lift it to another gear. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's it's kind of all well, I, I, I watched I, I watched it from the tour half six tours tomorrow, uh Lowry hitting off the, the tee shot, the first shot. And I watched the tours and I don't know me, but I, I like I like the golf now. I play I don't play much of it, but I like it. And I watched tours to Friday and Saturday and the last day Sunday, which is a great day to watch, and and McElroy was two two ahead. But I had to go. I had to go out somewhere and uh, had to go to meet daughter says for a barbecue, and I was kind of watching it on the on the phone a little bit, but I can't say whether he blew it or not. He was two shots ahead, and I think of anyone in my opinion that was going to catch was that fella uh, um, Smith, uh, Cameron Smith, and um, and the other young lad was good too, Cameron Young. So. Um, but I think Smith deserved it in the end of the day. He's an Australian, and I think he he fought, fought, fought to the end. But, you know, Mark wouldn't be too far wrong there because he has a history of blowing it. He definitely, McEnroy definitely has a history of blowing it. He hasn't won anything in eight years uh, since he won the Opens. He has four Opens, or maybe five, maybe four Opens uh, in the bag already, but he could have won an awful lot more. He did slip towards the end. And really being too ahead going into that, he played like that. That Sunday night, he he hit one out of the. I think it was a Sunday that he hit one out of the bunker. You know the bunkers at St Andrews. You know a yeah. massive. He hit one out of the bunker and into straight into the hole. Like it was phenomenal, and he was really playing well. So which leads me to think that I don't know whether he could have done any better. He he really worked hard to get that, and he wanted that. I just kind of believe. Now, I didn't get to see the end of it in that book. I kind of believe that S- Smith wanted it more. But the way you they're know? all defecting to live golf, he might win a couple of majors because there'd be nobody else left to play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dubai, yeah. He might be going off to live golf as well, isn't he, the Australian? No, tell me that again. Who? Oh, I don't know about the that. Open. He yeah. wouldn't deny, he wouldn't confirm yes or no. He, was, he wouldn't say oh, yes really? or no, no or not. So, that means, yeah. Because <laughs> you yeah. find the fellow go, well, I don't really know whether I'm going or not. Now you're gone. Now you're gone. See, my, <laughs> my, my thinking on that, because it was me that brought up that, that question uh, about about people doing that, jumping ship and doing it. Where my where my thing was, it wasn't about them jumping ship and doing it. It was about people talking about it and taking the limelight of the serious stuff that's going on in the world. 
<clears throat> that's where I had the issue. So it's like, it's a bit like we have it here. I'm sure they have it in England too. When you have uh, a debate going on, <clears throat> we'll say with prime time is on, there's a debate going on. You get these people that just talk over you, talk over you, yap, 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 yap. And it's all a game because the more they talk, the less you can. So they can't get their point across. It doesn't mean the person that's talking is 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 right in what they're saying, but they just, they you say, and they, do you know what it's like, Greg? I'll tell you what it's like. I always watch the budget. I always watch it for some reason. And I'm always looking to see about, it was always about work. It was always about the hairdressing. And would they reduce the rate? Would they keep it the same or things like that? That was the only thing I was really interested in. But after the budget, and all the years I'm watching it, they come straight in immediately uh, uh, and criticize every single thing that we did. Every single thing. And it's just a waste and waste and waste of time uh, because it's as if they could do it better. And everyone that gets in can't do it any better. Do you know? So it's just a fucking pain in the arse. But getting back to the golf, that's why I made that point at the start. I think people jump on the bandwagon or something like it's great when like where's the wall we don't see it on the we don't see the wall now on on um uh it was it was definitely on the front pages and everything i think there's another hardship in the world without stuff like that i mean there they made a deal there the other day and uh with with uh, as regards keeping that dock open and not bomb, bomb the dock and the day after they did they sent a bomb in there like you know to to blow it up like so it's one is as bad as the other greg I'm not uh, anti-Russian or anything like that. One is as bad as the other. If you go back and look history, you'll find that they were fighting with them and they get them guns and this, that, and the other. So Americans are fucking great for starting rows. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, no. so, you know, we like the... Finish on a light, Arno. Okay. Yeah. Keith, did you get that weather that you they're telling us you got? The 40-odd degrees and the 40 degrees? Yeah, we got it, yeah. Yeah, we did get it. it air, weather, air weather people here are watching over there, right? And it is. You can see it's warm over there. And I I'm kind of calling. I was saying the clients at the weekend. No, Greg, 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 it weren't warm. It weren't warm. It was bloody hot. Yeah, but I'm thinking air weather reporters here. I'm calling it a kind of, they've had a bit of a Michael Fish moment. Do you yeah. remember what Michael Fish? Yeah, yeah. We made oh, the weather prediction that you'd have a uh, there'd be a bit of wind tonight, but sleep safe and you'd be grand tomorrow. And the next day, the country would be blown to smithereens, right? And he never lived that down. I followed him around like the wind for the rest of his life, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I felt last week we were being told, Get your oh, watch temperatures like you've never seen before, like you've never seen before. It's going to be get your kids in, bring your dog in the house, plenty of water. This is global warming. Look at it. It's unbelievably bad. Jesus, that's great. We'll have a good weekend. So we have to get the barbecue on and get to the beach and the whole lot. So we arranged it out with the kids. Let's get to the beach, right? So then goes, meet you on the beach about 10 o'clock. Yeah, you want to get down early? We packed down early. Then what we'll do, the Viking, there's a Viking exhibition on in the in Baldoyle, that's great. Brought the kids there last year. Vikings are all fighting and all brilliant. The great sunny day we're getting. And then what we'll do, we'll go back to our house and we'll have a big barbecue. Lovely, brilliant. So we get down to the beach, right? I brought two little pop-up tents. Because as you see, I'm a bit of a freckly dude, so I have to be mm. careful with this beautiful skin. I won't always last me forever. You know what mm. I mean? So I have to do the best I can. Yeah little grandson that was coming down he's as blonde as me 
So I thought we might want to sit in there with a sudden a bit of her down there. And the other little lad who's dark, he couldn't get to the beach because the police had closed off the road because of the stampede of everybody. So he couldn't get there. So they were going to try and meet us somewhere. The meantime, then, be careful of that wind. I was sitting on the beach, lying there, thinking, this is gorgeous. This is gorgeous, isn't it? This lovely. It's great being down at the beach. <laughs> Sand. And I swear to God, we were blown out. You were doing this for a second. I, I was in the tent. I was in the tent. You get the gnome, Keith. You get the gnome. That was me in the tent. That was me in the tent with the kid. Not outside. We, there was just sand was blowing everywhere. And I'm going, never once have I heard. And I don't even do the weather as a hobby. But never once did I hear anybody telling me, because that yeah. sand could blow on your eyes and it could damage your eyes forever. <laughs> The wind, the one consistent thing we've had here all year has been wind. Just wind all the time. I tried to get out on the bar this morning to get out for 10 minutes and we had to pull in because the wind was blowing us back. You know, and, and you just kind of go, where did you get that forecast wrong, Duncan? There was yeah. no way. I've seen days over here that they said it'd be sunny today and it's been scorchy. And I reckon they go, Jesus, it's bad in England. What if we get it wrong? What if there's somebody? What did you do, Duncan? What did you do, Duncan, when the weather was supposed to be hot? We well, see, we well, see. I'd, I'd sit out. Like we'd go for a walk early in the morning, and then we'd come back, and we knew it was going to be a nice day. We'd sit out in the garden. I don't live near the sea, and I wouldn't have sand blowing around. But you'd probably, and you'd put the sun cream on the whole lot, like you know. But it didn't, it didn't burn you out of it because, like, you wouldn't go. Because oh, it was a risk, you know. Like you know, you know my house here, right? The end of my house is it's wide open. The field is there and it's wide open. But the breeze that comes up there is it, it, it cools you down all the time. So we wouldn't have got. You know, we still have to put on the stuff. It wasn't as warm as they were making it. The clock, the weather station is in the Phoenix Park. Uh, yeah. Phoenix they broke the record on the black. And I go, must have a different temperature gauge than me because my salon is less than back in five minutes drive from where they are taking the, taking the weather measurement. And I'm going, I walked out of work on Saturday night. I didn't walk out and go, Jesus. Now, we're talking to Alison's cousin was in London the weekend, uh, Paul and Richard's sister, and uh, she said, Greg, the sweat was literally dripping off you. And I'm going, oh, that's heat. That's heat. Fires yeah. going on. And I go, we went all panicky do for two days and it never happened. It never happened. You know what I mean? And I go, we at one stage, I, my wife was said, Will we? I said, Chase, there's empty seats at their matches. She said, Is there any of them games down there in London, Greg? Maybe we will go. And I'd be, yeah. you know, I, I'm there to read, honestly. There's a time I used to think, fair play to her. Look, she's thinking to me, me ah, you missing the football. He wants to go and watch the football. Yeah. No, but no, what she was thinking was it's bloody warmer over there. The convincing we're going yeah. over. There are always like, a couple of degrees higher. London's yeah, always sun. Huh? London's always a couple of degrees higher than us. Well, we were in Marbella one time. You probably remember this guy, myself and Ireland, and there was fire over there. And and they were all saying, Jesus, Duncan and Ireland's over there now and this and they just kept showing the same piece that was on fire. Were you on the time. You play golf then? No. There's only myself and Ireland, man. No, because you were always, you're always on fire when you're playing golf. Oh, look at that, look at that. He teed that one up, didn't he? Oh. 
He's, he doesn't tell, the, don't mind him, Keith. He's not telling the truth. He's slagging me, for God's sake. My problem is I hit the ball. When he was saying to me, to me, did you see where that went? And he said, yeah, ask the fella that's building the new tea box to cross there because you nearly took the head off with the ball. Yeah. <laughs> well, like that. Your man looks Greg, did you see where that went? Yeah, it's right beside your left shoe. <laughs> So My listen, problem is, we, I, we begin, I can't remember what it was. And everything. Tell me it's in well. Tell me it's in September when the weather's still good. And we can go over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I I well, I tell you something, Greg. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Unless you have anything that you'd like to tell me, is, is there anything happening in your life that's worthy of a bit of airtime? Just the other concert for me. That's it. I can't wait. We look for when is that, Keith? <laughs> Uh, beginning of August sometime. So I'll let you know when it comes up. I'll give you a little bit of a review. Oh, it's been a quieter night than normal because we've missed the two, uh, the three lads that are the big voices on this. Yeah. Mark, yeah. Because they know everything. I don't know whether it's, it's true what they day. know. He answered me back brilliantly. <laughs> it was just what? in the WhatsApp chat. <laughs> he, he said, he posted up for the Freddie Flintoff kids, which if you haven't Oh, yeah, I got that wrong. <laughs> And Keith came, thanks for the share. And Mark, not, you know, Mark, oh, yeah, yeah. anybody to yeah. thank him for things, he'd just give it. Yeah, he goes yeah. back, well, Keith, that was me, actually. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I went, well, did you not know Dark was watching that? Because Mark was the first man on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I watched it, Mark goes, yeah, I watched it when it came out first two weeks ago. I was probably on the moon at that time. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I love. Would <laughs> you see the thing about it is that they, we don't we don't take it to heart. You know what I mean? No, I love Mark, it. I love it. Mark and Paul know everything. Right? I just don't know because I don't know anything. I don't know what it what they know is right. The question I, I can't to argue that. Paul Stafford the next time we're on here, and if you bothers to yeah. listen to this, I don't think any of them do listen to it. But I don't ever probably listen when they're on, but when they're not on, they don't want to listen to us three. Oh, when on. they when they hear the selection, I want to know does he fly Ryanair when he's gone to Spain, and how does he get what does he how many bags does he book or does he book a trunk? <laughs> get his clothes through. Because I'm, I'm finding my clothes are getting squeezed more now to try and fit in to get through Ryanair. And then all of a sudden, Paul pulls up as the man in Palma with the fedora, <laughs> fedora on him. <laughs> short with a T-shirt underneath, the lovely pair of peg, linen peg trousers, absolutely gorgeous. Lovely pair of proper shoe sandals. that They, they take yeah. up space in their case, you know what I mean? Mm, and I go, yeah. How much... Does he spend that? How does he get? I'll have to ask him. How does he pack? You know, we should do someday. We or should does go he just to spend London. A fortune on shipping the gear. Me and you should go to London and get into dresses. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I'd say Mark. He'll take to Mark Powell. That's where he normally goes. Mark, Mark, Powell. Mark is no problem because Mark, Mark's only to the side Monday. Will I wear the, will I wear the Def Leppard t shirt or maybe I'll <laughs> wear the Def Leppard t shirt? Oh, I could probably wear the U2 one. No, maybe the Def Leppard one. So it's probably just, once he has a washing machine, he just flips them over. And the pair of black Levi's, happy you. You know what I mean? He's going to kill me for this. God, he literally, he really is. run over by Mark's Porsche. I'm telling you now. I don't know. He has no Porsche. Has he got a Porsche? He has a Porsche now, yeah. 
Yeah, he got rid of his big black uh, rapper's jeep. Now the one that Puff Daddy has, them big Range Rover extension ones. And now he just drives a Porsche. Just a regular big yeah, but They're fairly Porsche. common there. He's got a really, there. really small cock, that's why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, I wouldn't even get that personal. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> with him. You're right. And Sean, being Sean, we miss Sean here tonight because... I really wanted Sean to give me the whole insight of what was going to happen with his friend Richie when he gets to take on. Because I, you know, he gets he his own haircut does be sharp enough, Richie, compared to Boris. So I wonder who's cutting Richie's hair. <laughs> no, because he's in around London. He wouldn't go far wrong going into the chapel. Because yeah, yeah. You have a good in-depth comp- and Sean charges by the hour. He's probably cheaper than a psychiatrist. But he can give you probably he'll sort your head out quicker because he sorted my out and head out many a night that I've been here. And the thing is, I can't wait till the day the six of us end up in a restaurant together. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, that'd be a nice chat. That'd be a nice chat. I'll be I'll I'll be tripping over to try and get around in the head of Mark because he's the well, most. It'll have, to be in, it'll have to be in England. And I'll it'll only get to the bar to beat Mark. To buy a drink to find the Duncan's already gone up there and paid the check for the night. That's the kind of guys the air key that don't know whether you know that or not. And I'm not yeah. messing the air. There's a lot of toy fisted gigs in this in this industry. I'm not naming any yeah. names, right? <laughs> but there's a couple of generous people. And I tell you, Mark fits into that category, and Duncan definitely fits into that category. <laughs> I've been out with you. We have been out, Keith. Actually, no, Keith fits into that category. I think Keith Very good. You know, I got me, me beard in Madison Square Garden, and it was big giant beers we were getting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to see Def Leppard. And then I, yeah. I insisted on going up and paying for the burgers. We had a burger, and I reckon they were the dearest burgers I've ever had. <laughs> With a ball, the sun obscene amount, and I kind of went, Jesus, how many did I? I thought I was at the buying them for the stadium or something. Is that getting how much was the burger? Huh? How much was the burger? Maybe thirty dollars each or something, something ridiculous. You know what I mean? But it was just, it was the night that was in. It was great. I always remember it was the first time. I know we didn't have to pay for the tickets, did we? So we we got in for free. Yeah, Mark bought the tickets for us. Did he? He said, yeah. He said, oh, I thought we. No more oh, free so anymore, he said. The, the bands don't own the, the Mark will explain that to you. So the bands don't own when they the the the, the promoters buy the band basically. So the yeah. band basically they bought the tour, the band that paid the front, they're obliged, torn up, and everything yeah. else. So I would imagine the merch and all oh. that goes for the promoters and that, you know, and the band mm. just gets paid their fee and then they come. So Mark said he had to cough out for the tickets for us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's yeah. how generous the man is. You know no, what I mean? Yeah, fair fair top guy. Yeah. No, mm. you feel guilty you didn't buy him a beer afterwards, Keith. You <laughs> 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 ended up in an Irish bar. Well, where else would you end up in New York? You want to go? The yeah. only place yeah. to be. Then, I'd love to know what kind of haircut you taught the next day, Keith. <laughs> oh, the new, the usual shy I do, so it wouldn't be any different. <laughs> Clipper mania, was it? <laughs> We're doing Clipper mania. I know how it's precision cutting. Ah, oh, figure I've changed it. We're just doing get your clippers out now. Everybody's got, the teachers all how to do a number one all over. Oh, that's what you're getting talking about. 
Because <laughs> <laughs> imagine the, the whole lot. Paul would be the only one that would be able to get us home if we were all out. Yeah. Yeah. So listen, lads, I'll let us go. Enjoy the bit of weather while it's there. We're, I'm still, we're, we're having a dry spell. And I found that out by looking on the app on the phone because I won't trust the, the weather forecasters. Greg, yeah, you know something? We have Evelyn, Cus Evelyn Cusack, right? Yeah. Doesn't she always come on board when the weather's shit? Yeah. She's be smiling at you as if to say, it's fucking going nowhere tonight. Yeah, yes, tell Keith, tell Keith, we've a newsreader over here, right? And probably as a young man, she's the first newsreader, RT2 came out, because we had one channel here. Now we have two. We yeah. had two. Right, he gave us two channels, and she yeah. became the, the newsreader of the second channel. Eventually, she progressed. Sharon Nivellan, her name is right. She's yeah. a good-looking woman. She lives mm. near Duncan. Duncan. Married to the vet. Tell Keith what you say to her when you meet her in the local shop. Go on. Well, she wouldn't have never heard this before, but I always say to her, "How are you, Sharon? Any news?" <laughs> She wouldn't, and then I say to her, "You never heard that before." She didn't. Oh, shit. So now, so now when we pull up outside to get the milk, she says to her husband, "You're going in." And he goes, "What?" I love it. You're going in. Your man's fucking cars outside. He fucking says that as if it's the It's Groundhog Day now at this stage. Do you know what I say to? Know what I say to Noel Quinn? Noel Quinn lives down the road, and I say to Noel, "I want to say, McGregor lives down the down the road from me as well." Do you know what I say to him? If I wasn't in such a hurry, I'd knock the bollocks out with this. I'd be running, I'd be driving fast at the time. My car puts out. Ronaldo walk out tomorrow on Man United. Uh, he probably will. He probably, he, he will. He's, uh, he's not going back to United. I can't see him going back to United. He's never going to play another game at United. I can't see that happen. Definitely not. He's gone. We just want someone to come and take him. No, and he's probably disappointed. There's no takers other than the team he'd mm. probably least want to go and play for. Because Chelsea didn't. Well, as have. good as he was, as good as he was, and the goals that he scored for his last season, he would have done a bit of damage. He would have done damage there with, with maybe Rashford and and some of them younger players. Well, in fairness, Martial. You know, they've said if Martial plays the way he's played in the warm ups there in the in the preseason games. It's like United signing a new striker. He's on fire. Yeah. And Rashford has been playing really well. And Sancho has been the, like the best player that United have had down in Australia. So you're kind of going, well, if those three are all young lads could play to their potential in the next three to four years, that's like mm. having Rooney, Ronaldo and Giggs still there in the, in the United team in four or five mm. years' time when they mature up a bit. And if he just adds a couple of key, I think we'll get that fella Anthony from uh, Ajax. If not now, we might get him in January, or we might get him in the next next might be next season. But I think he wants to come. He want. Do you know what I like? It's it, they, those players want to come to play in that man system because they know he's a winner, and yeah. they probably appreciate. I think they nice. will do. I think they will do well. So I, I, I really can't wait. There's a text message. A text message coming in there for me now that we're getting a new tea lady. <laughs> oh, Duncan, you're brilliant. I love it. That's that new tipping site, isn't it? PG. Yeah. <laughs> PG. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, let's go, lads. It, it, was, 
Look Leave out where you're on top. Look after everybody around you and everything else will be okay. Until the next time, from us hairdudes to the rest of you, take care. Good night. So thank you for watching or listening to the Hairdo's Conversation podcast, episode 14. We hope you enjoyed the show and we hope to see you again soon. So if you've got this far, we must be doing something right. So please don't forget, subscribe to our channels, like our social media and please share and give us a five star review and a comment. It means a lot to us and we'll see you all again soon. Take care.